and welcome to Afro Leads, the podcast. Afro Leads consists of two sisters, Julie and Steph, and we're on a mission to promote UK, Black, British business and culture. At the moment, our Instagram platform is where we promote our daily positive posts about Black business, groups, communities, celebrities, music, and so much more. Today, we are joined by a phenomenal woman, wife, mother, award-winning GP, Northwest Faculty GP of the Year 2019, transformational speaker, diversity and inclusion advocate, director of Black Beauty brand Esteem Royale, and founder of Black Women in Health, Dr. Amon Imohi, MD, MRCGP, DFSRH, no less. Born and raised in Nigeria, this queen studied medicine in St. Kitts before moving to the UK to further her postgraduate studies. Dr. Imoni founded and nurtured Black Women in Health, a non-profit enterprise to provide the help and support she lacked as a Black female medical trainee in the UK. Black Women in Health is for Black women working in healthcare and aims to empower Black female healthcare professionals to achieve maximum professional and personal development. This is achieved by meetings, mentorship, education and so much more. Welcome to Afro Leads the Podcast. How are you doing? Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure. Oh, it's, it's, the pleasure is all ours, I assure you. Yeah, we're really excited to um, have you on the podcast. We have been, well, obviously we'll talk about certain things that we've experienced with you throughout uh, lockdown anyway, um, but for us it's a massive honour to have you on the, on, on the uh, podcast. Um, so to kind of delve straight into the interview, um, Julie kind of mentioned earlier on that, that you started your um, study in St. In St. Kitts why did you choose to study medicine there? Oh, it's a long story, but I'll cut it short. <laughs> so, <laughs> I actually started studying medicine in Nigeria. I was, I was attending a private university in Nigeria called Ibunijan University um, in Benin City, Nigeria. And it was, you know, it was um, a very, very, it's an amazing university still. We were, I was one of the second, I was the second set of medical students. So okay. the first set started the year before and we started in 2000. That was the year I started in Atibinidian University, October 2000. Um, yeah. And um, it was, it was, it was good. It was good. We had our first MBBS uh, after the third year. Um, and then we proceeded to the fourth year, but um, because it's a private university, and it was still new, like the second set, it had to go through processes of accreditation after the first set had, you know, yeah. passed a certain stage. Mm -hmm. And when we finished the first MBBS, the accreditation was taking too long. So um, I was like, no, I don't want to stay so long in medical school. I was overambitious. <laughs> I don't think there's anything like overambitious, but I was no. very, very like feisty with my, oh, I want to be a doctor at that stage. And so um, I just told my dad that I don't know what's happening. You know, we heard rumors that they're not going to accredit um, the university completely for the next stage. And he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I said, <clears throat> excuse me, I said, I want to transfer to another university. So I tried to transfer to other universities in Nigeria, but they were telling me I had to go back. And I didn't mm -hmm. really want to go back too far. So I started to look for schools all around the world. And at that time in Nigeria, there was no internet everywhere. It was, it's not like now that you have free access to broadband everywhere. Yeah. So I had to, I, there used to be like cyber cafes where, yeah. where they had like a lot of computers. 
So I would, um, <laughs> it's funny, funny story. I was in uni then, so the cyber cafe was in the university. On the campus, right. Campus. So what I would do is I would pay for all night. <laughs> so because during the day you pay it's out. too expensive, yeah. For all night you pay like one fee and then you can browse for as long as you want. I didn't know. Oh, fab. Like that, <laughs> I used to pay for all night and then I would go all night and browse and search for schools. So I tried the UK, the US, I had to, you know, go back or had to do another course. So I finally found the West Indies and I mm. saw some universities there and I wrote to a few and my school replied me. And that was how I, you know, applied to it. It was, um, it was interesting. I applied to it. DHL brought my stuff and then um, I was able to apply for my um, visa and, you know, I traveled. Oh gosh, that, that story is really funny. I have to say it. <laughs> so when I, when, I, when I was going to the Caribbean, it was like my first time going really far away from home. Right. Mm -hmm. When I did secondary school, I was in boarding school. So I was, away, I was in boarding school throughout my secondary school for the six years. And then in university in Nigeria, I was staying on campus, which was far from where I lived anyway. So, um, but this was different. This was like going out of the country, oh, the country. Yeah. far away from home. And it was my mom packed everything. Trust African mom. Oh. <laughs> All my favorite <laughs> snacks. To be to be honest, I, she even bought me because my favorite snack then was wafers. She actually mm -hmm. bought me a box of wafers. Oh, <laughs> God bless her. Like I was, I was not going to get it when I when, when I was going. <laughs> but you know, African moms they're extra. Yeah. So she packed everything like you know. I was going forever. And at the and time you protest, don't you? But then you realize, actually, I'm grateful for what you've, you've exactly. sent me with. Yeah. <laughs> when I got there, I was grateful for the express. Um, and it was, it, was, it was nice. When I got to the airport, the, um, the immigration was, they were so nice. And then, you know, I went with Afro like this. This was a hairstyle exactly I took when I was going. And they were like, oh, African queen. <laughs> I was feeling invincible, like, wow. Oh, <laughs> African queen. Imagine the custom officers actually helped me carry my bags after, oh. you know, after going through customs to the Unbelievable. taxi. Yeah. Nice. And it was nice. And um, just before I went, I found out that I knew two of my classmates from Ibnadion actually were already in that university. Oh, it was not planned, but I think I believe it was fate. So um, they, one of them came to meet me at the airport. So it kind of oh. made it easy for me to just, you know, settle. And um, yeah. he escorted me to my accommodation. I settled. And I started my life in St. Kitts and it was a ball. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> oh, I'm so pleased that you had a good experience because like you say, it, it's a big, it's, it's your it's career. It's a mm -hmm. big step. It's the first time you're away from home, but also you True. want to, you're there to do well and to deliver. So it's, it's like, um, it's an educated risk. So I'm so pleased that from the day you got there to when you left, you had such a wonderful experience. That's it great. It makes a big impression on a country. I think if it's often the customs officers are the first people you meet and if they're unfriendly, it can be yeah. a bit kind of unsettling but if they're so kind enough to even help you with your bags I mean you must think wow you know exactly. it's more affirming of the decision you made to relocate there for your studies um so did you always want to be a doctor growing up um to be honest when I'll start from when I was young when I was in primary school I was a member of the brownies so oh, our brownie same. teacher yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. teacher, she was called Auntie Ariette. she was so beautiful 
Oh. And, you know, when I would see her with her makeup, her pink blush and everything, I'll be like, oh my God, I want to be a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I really wanted to be a teacher then because she was so, she was so impressionable. She was amazing. Oh, and she had this swag, you know, <laughs> in those days. And it was really, it was, it was, she was lovely. So, but you know, obviously as you grow up, things change, you change your mind. And then I got to secondary school. When I was in junior secondary school, my first three years of secondary school, one of my closest friends was um, her mom was a chartered accountant. Um, so every time she would, you know, people are talking about their parents, she'd be like, oh, my mom is a chartered accountant and businesswoman. And I was like, hey, that sounds very <laughs> grand. <laughs> so I started saying, oh, yeah, I want to be a chartered accountant and businesswoman. But I found out, you know, I didn't, I liked a few of the commercial courses, but I was not so. I didn't really like maths or accounts mm. and, you know, accounting. I, I just felt, no, I won't be able to do this. So when I got to, just towards the end of my junior secondary school year, my dad, when we were going back to school for the first term, for senior secondary school year, my dad just kind of sat us all down because in my family, we are all girls. Mm-hmm. So my dad tries to, because he didn't have a son, he wanted to obviously make sure that even though we are girls, we are the best. We, you know, yeah. we understand oh. that we can be anything we want to be. So he sat me, me, my twin sister and my young, immediate younger sister down. And he was like, so you're going back to school now and you're going to, that was for me and my twin, we're going to senior secondary school year. So what do you want to do? What classes have you decided to take? And I was like, I'm, I'm still caught between commercial and science. Mm. And then he started to talk to us about, you know, you can be anything you want to be. You can, mm-hmm. you can achieve anything you want to be. You know, what have you talked about, you know, in future, you could be an ophthalmologist, a gynecologist, a pediatrician, a neurosurgeon. I was like, I didn't know the meaning of all those things. <laughs> they all sounded really good. I was like, yeah. They sound yeah. great. <laughs> My dad was like our first motivator. He used to be so motivational. Oh. He used to tell us quotes and you know, proverbs and things like that. So I was like, okay, when I got back to school, I think what he said kind of, you know, motivated me to just stay in science class. So I chose science over commercial and that was how I started my journey. And still, I was not that serious, to be honest. I'll be very honest with you. (laughs) I was one of those people that was just, you know, getting by, doing the barest minimum, just, you know, I was a science student, but I still had so many interests in other things. Mm -hmm. I was in drama club, I was in Zonta club, I was in um, press club, I was... I was everywhere. I was acting, that's, that's doing poems. <laughs> I, I, like, I really liked art then. So yeah. I used to do arty things. And I, 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 um, I didn't really focus so much on, on, my, on my studies at that time because I was doing so many things. Mm. I was always every weekend socials. I'm one of those that will be acting or singing or, <laughs> or doing one thing or the other, reciting poems. So... Um, <clears throat> I found out that after a while, my, my, my um, grades were really poor. So my dad was concerned and he got me a, one of the, the physics teacher to, to do like after school tutorials with me. And I was still doing poorly. The physics teacher just called me one day and said, see, your dad is paying extra for you to study, but you are mm-hmm. not even serious. And to be honest, I don't want to be associated with someone that, you know, will still fail. That's why my, my oh, teacher gosh, that's quite teaching harsh. them. Yeah. So that really touched me. I was like, oh my God. Even this teacher thinks yeah. there's Step no up. hope. <laughs> so what I did was that I just, I, 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 it, it touched me and I really changed at that mm-hmm. point. I decided to be more serious with my studies. And funny enough, when I started to put a bit more effort, I started to do really well. 
yeah, so I believe that sometimes you need that wake up hash call. Sometimes you need yeah. your tough love, really. To, to how old were you when when this was happening? What was your age? So um, SS one, I was. SS1, SS2. I was probably 14 or thereabout. Right. Oh my God, you were a baby. You, of, course you, of course you wanted to do things that were creative. Of course yeah, you wanted to do... 14 or 15 your... around that yeah. time. Yeah. But, but again, you know, you know, African, they, they, you know, they don't, there's no filter sometimes when <laughs> yeah. you want to tell you stuff. So that we know he it. Just, yeah, he just told me, well, you have to, you have to, you have to do better. And you know, I, I really tried my best. It was it was good enough for my physics and maths. I really started to do very well. Yeah. I was even among one of the top in class for physics after then. But unfortunately, I guess it was too late for my chemistry. Because by the time I got to SS3, which is the final year in secondary school, I was I did so poorly in my chemistry in mock exams and I failed. I failed my mock exams and then the chemistry teacher was like, no, you can't actually do, you, you won't be able to do this for your GCSE. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, I really wanted to go to, I was at that stage, I was thinking, okay, I'll do medicine or pharmacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when he said that I was shattered, uh, I just went back home and I was so ashamed because I thought I'd really disappointed my dad. I really felt so bad. Mm. But you know, in, that's normal for anyone when you feel that you disappointed everyone. I had my YEC result, which is like GCSE. I had maths, English, biology, chem, um, physics, economics, um, geography, and Christian religious studies, but I didn't have chemistry. Right. So without chemistry, basically, you can't go to science. Can't you can't go to medical medicine. school. So yeah. that's, right. like, okay. that's one of the most important so when I went home, I was so disappointed. I was really sad for many days. And my parents kind of noticed. And then my dad started to talk to me. Like I said before, he was a he was my very first motivational speaker to me. Mm-hmm. And he started telling me that don't worry, you know, you're not a failure. You failed, yeah. but you know, you can try again. And yeah, if that doesn't work, don't don't worry about what I said. You can be anything, you can do something else. Correct. I really, I was so, when I was a child, I really always wanted to like, you know, impress my dad. I really yeah. always wanted to make yeah. him I just felt, I don't know why, but I just felt that because we didn't have a brother, you know, we had to always do well. It was a thought that I had. But my dad was just telling me, don't worry, don't worry. And during that period, he bought me two books. He bought me, he actually bought a book first. Tough Times Never Last, What Tough People Do by Robert Squella. Mm-hmm. That book transformed my life. I read that book as a teenager and it was amazing even then with my you know little wisdom i was able to pick up a lot of strong words a lot of motivation and encouragement from the book and it kind of it kind of helped me through that time and you know during the process while i was reading i just told my dad see i want to retake my chemistry i want to re-enroll you know if it means going back to repeat that year my my final year in secondary school in another school I don't mind. He was like, okay, they, they, they asked around and it was like six months more to the exam. But I said, oh, I don't right. just want to go. I want to, re- enroll. I want to go like a student, attend the lectures and then, you know, do the exam. So I enrolled in a private school closer to home and I was going from home, taking the school bus, wearing the school uniform. Even though I finished, my twin sister was already <laughs> for because my twin sister studied, um, did, um, went to arts classes. So she was doing history and she wanted to study law, so right. she was doing a totally different thing, and she was already preparing for her, you know, university exams and right. you know, sending applications. Well, I was going back to do, <laughs> I was going back to do the exams. Um, to be honest, at that 
after the initial state of being down and all that, when I picked myself up, I was ready to like go. I was ready to yeah. do it again. And I just told myself, I can do it. You know, I can do it. That's mm-hmm. why I kept telling myself. And I keep saying, tough times never last, but tough people do. When the going gets tough, the tough gets yes. going. Mm. And those yes. words kind of, you know, kept me going. Another of my favorite quotes when I was young, when I was a teenager, which, you know, I had all over my walls, <laughs> was ordinary, great people, are ordinary people with extraordinary amount of determination and hard work. So to be yeah, great, man. you have to emulate the great. So yeah. those, mm-hmm. those words kind of kept me going. And I did the exam again and I passed. And I came out with an excellent result. It was not an A, but it was a B. So <laughs> amazing. That that outstanding. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And that was when I, you know, applied to school and applied to yeah. university and I got in. And I went to study medicine. But what, what I realized is that, you know, it was not just about passing the exams for me. It was mm-hmm. the person that I became during that yes. process. Yeah. Even though I was young, I, it toughened me. It made me fearless. It made me realize that I could do anything. And it also made me realize that failing is just part of the process. You know, I yeah. can mm-hmm. fail many times, but as long as I don't give up, it's not over. So, yeah, yeah I think all those, all those thoughts. And towards the end, just before I applied to medical school, my dad bought me a book, um, Gifted Hands by Ben Carson. Mm-hmm. and that book was like in fact that was the final straw that said yeah medical school because when i read that book that was his very first book and ben carson was a black young resident in a you know in a time when there was a lot of prejudice a time when there was a lot of racism mm-hmm. and he he went from being like the poorest um you know from a poor background doing poorly in school and then he went up to becoming the youngest you know neurosurgery consultant pediatric neurosurgeon in his hospital at that time and that kind of made me think that yes if you could do it i can do it you can certainly do it absolutely i tried to see myself in that lens like you know i I was living in a small town in nigeria called shagamu it's a very quiet town it's near lagos which is a more bustling city Mm -hmm. but i just used to start seeing myself like this girl from a small town that would go into the world and smash things up. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's <laughs> and because, amazing. You know, and you know, that, that kind of took me through medical school. And from then, because of the person I became, I became more serious and I became mm-hmm. more focused and I did so well. I was really, you know, I worked really hard throughout medical yeah. school. I became more focused with my studies mm-hmm. and it really helped me. So yeah, it's not, it's not the amazing. problem you go through, it's who you become during the process it, yeah. that matters, yeah. So one of my questions would it would be what advice would you give to the sixteen year old mom? But it sounds like you you were very wise. But I just wonder what advice would you give to the sixteen year old you? Um, to the sixteen year old me, mm-hmm. I'll just remind myself that you are capable of anything that you, mm-hmm. you can dream of, anything you can you can think of. You're capable of it. Don't push. Don't you know? Don't beat yourself too much if things don't work out the way you expected it. There are many ways. You know, if you're going on a journey, there are many routes you can take. Some And success is not just a straight line like most people think. Sometimes there'll be twists and turns. Just go with the flow. Remain positive, persevere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, quitters never win. Yeah. The only reason why winners win is because they never quit. It's not because they're the best. It's not, yeah. it's not yeah. about being the most intelligent. It's not about being the smartest. It's about the will. Yes. You know, Vince Levadi says that some people don't, you know, achieve success not because of lack of strength or knowledge, but the lack of will. 
So we mm. have to have a wheel. We have to understand what is your why. So for me, as a 16-year-old, you know, just go. You have so much. You're just, you've got your whole life in front of you. Don't beat yourself Correct. up. If things don't work out, you know, try again. Or yeah. Try something else. You know. Absolutely. That's brilliant. And thank you for being so vulnerable about um you know exams and because sometimes people just think that as you say that there is just a one one kind of route to want to, to get to where you want to be but actually no you know the different kind of uh, yeah. um, points on that journey and I think it's really important for young people to know that especially if they're coming up to if they're coming up to exams often especially like the first set of uh, public exams might be your GCSEs if you're yes. studying in the UK and it's like it's almost seems like the be all and end all but to, to know if people can see you see what you've achieved how great you are and but then know that you know you can experience a setback but you know to then use that as a springboard to, to propel you forward it that must be really encouraging to, to people coming I like the word setback but mm. I see it. I, I always tell myself a setback can be changed into a setup. Yes. yes. And, you know, every young person that's listening, I want you to know that every great person you see today, everyone who you think that's successful and doing so well today, they were once like you. They didn't know yeah. anything. They were clueless. <laughs> and they had to work really hard to get yeah, to where yeah. they are. They were once Absolutely. like you, you know, having self-doubt. They were once like you, you know, feeling like you were not enough or feeling like you're not qualified enough. But hopefully as you grow, you will realize that you are enough. You're qualified mm. enough. And even if you're not qualified enough yet, you have everything within you to equip you to, to get that qualification or that level of knowledge to do great things. Every great person, the truth is that every great person has had many failures. It's just that they didn't stay in it. They didn't yeah. remain as failures. They, they saw it as a learning process. Thomas Edison, you know, they say he failed 99 times to create light the 100th time. But if you look at it, those 99 times were learning points. Mm. Each time mm. he saw something he could have done differently. Correct. Elon Musk, yeah. you know, today he's got Tesla. He's trying to put Tesla on Mars and all that. But, you know, he's failed many times. Yeah. He's, failed. he's even lost his own company at a point. He's lived in his car at a point. Mm -hmm. And today he's great. He's, he's one of the wealthiest people in the world. Mm -hmm. So... No matter how you look at, you know, any great person that you see, just know that, you know, they were ones like you. Look at, you know, Oprah Winfrey. She's one other inspiring story. Oh, don't, don't get me started on that. <laughs> 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 you know, teenage girl. But she had the wish. She understood that she could mm -hmm. do anything. And that's what you need. That's the first thing you need to know. The first thing you need to know is that you are enough. Yeah. Yeah. As you Absolutely. Are. You are Absolutely. enough. You are equipped. You are limitless. Everything mm. that you need is within you. You just need to tap in. You just need to yes. stretch yourself. Sometimes you might need, life might need to, you know, give you cock balls or push you to the limit to find that greatness within. But mm -hmm. it's in you. So, yeah. Preach. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. I could listen to you all day. <laughs> Thank I <absolutely>, you. <laughs> I absolutely love it. So, obviously thinking that you are looking back from what the 16 year old you to the amazing accomplishments that you've achieved now, would you um, encourage young Kings and Queens to go into the profession of medicine? Um, and what advice would you give them to get there? Definitely. I might be biased, but yeah, I'm an, I'm a big advocate for people, you know, first of all, doing what you love. Mm -hmm. It's not about doing what anybody else is doing. Um, 
there are many ways to be great. It's not just about medicine. It's not about you know studying a professional course because a lot of a lot of great people in the world today, some of them didn't even go to school or they dropped out from school and they're doing amazing things. Sometimes yeah. school can actually limit us and put us in a box and tell us who we are. Mm. So just to be aware, first and foremost, you can be anything you want to be. But if you're interested in science, definitely. I would say, come, we want you. <laughs> we want more kings and queens in medicine because, yeah. you know, there's nothing better than having a good representation of yes. black yeah. people in the profession because we understand the conditions. We understand how to create awareness to our community and help our community. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I'm going to say, yes, you can come in, come into medicine by all means. We need you because we are, you know, we need more people every, every year. There's more you know, spaces to be filled. If you're planning to go into medicine, obviously you need to have the subjects that you need to get into uni with. And once you have these subjects in your GCSE and you have applied to university, um, you know, go in with a positive mindset, go in with um, energy. Mm. <laughs> your energy is you, yeah. so yeah. it depends on your, your personality, but go in with that. Medicine is not about being the smartest or, you know, the, 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 the most intelligent. A few things that are very important if you're going into the profession is that you must have compassion. You yeah. must be empathetic. Yes. You must be dedicated and committed to making a difference in people's lives. Because medicine yeah. is about service. It's not yeah. about the bling bling. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going into medicine for money, fame, or, you know, just to have that stethoscope around your neck, that's the wrong reason. Yeah, yeah. Go into it because of the name, the prestige. Go into it because you want to make a difference. Go into mm. it because you want to save lives or you want yes. to improve lives. That's the most important thing. And, yeah. you know, like I said before, if you can dream it, you can do it. Yeah. So you decide that that's what you want to go into. Look around for mentors, you know, people that mm. have been there, people yeah. that are currently in medical school. People that have all finished medical school and are practicing and senior colleagues as well. And, you know, learn from them, ask them questions. You can go, if you're a 16 year old or 15 year old and you are not yet at that stage where you, you have made up your mind to apply, you can shadow someone. You can, you can follow someone who's working in the hospital and see what happens, see what yeah. they do. Yeah. You know, I'm a GP and the Royal College of GP has a, um, they have a service where they help people that want to get clinical placements just to observe mm -hmm. and yeah. their website. So you can go to those type of websites and just check for it and apply yeah. to, to get clinical placement just to observe, you know, what other people are doing and you can ask questions, you can learn from people. And, you know, it's very important, especially at this age to start thinking about having a mentor. If you don't have one, um, mm -hmm. apart from your parents, it's important to get someone that can mentor you in the career. So absolutely those are the few yeah. tips I can give and you know no. just go for it, you know. Go for it, go for it, go for it. You you are yeah. smarter, you are stronger, and you know, you know, your you, your abilities are more than you can ever imagine. Most of us have not even scratched the surface of you know who what we can do. So yeah. go for it. Oh that's I love I love what you say about making a difference. Um it reminds me of I watched an interview of you know the the young um, black medical student I think he was called Malone McQuende who created the handbook for Bain skin rashes exactly. and mind the gap it, handbook mind the gap that yeah. was it yeah and everything that you've just said about you know you think 
you go into profession and you think everything's laid out and everything's perfect you're going to be learning from experts and there's nothing to change or nothing to develop well if he had that mindset he would have created that 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 mind the gap. Exactly. and he surrounded himself by people you know like you people who were making him to think bigger and wider and what can we do to enhance this profession so I love everything you've just said then because that kind of just shines a light on sort of emphasizes his ethos and look what he's achieved this year it's amazing and it's still still only a student as well yeah that's that's to tell you that you know first and foremost what he's done is amazing we are supporting mm-hmm. him we love what he's done because you know many of us have been thinking about it but never you know, thought of yeah. doing something like um, that. Okay, so, that. <laughs> because we all we all deal with clinical, you know, skin yeah. problems with black people, but you know, it's good that someone so young and vibrant thought about something Correct. like that and brought it to life. Absolutely. And that tells us yeah. that you can you can make impact at any level, even before you even get to medical school. Yeah. There are people that even before medical school they start volunteering and doing things and they create charities, they create, you know, um, you know, a forum for supporting and pre- providing services for even their colleagues their, yeah, their young their peers peers exactly mm. so you know it's um, you can you can make impact at any level you don't have to be on top to make impact i love this quote by martin luther king i always have to say it, but i love it really it says not everyone can be famous but everyone can be great mm-hmm. yeah and greatness is achieved from service yeah. Oh, if yes. you look at everybody that's created impact in the world, both in the medical and non-medical field, they have created value. They have created, mm-hmm. you know, they have they are solving a problem. Let me put it that way. Try to think, how can I help to solve a problem? Be the solution. Be the change. Mm. And that is it. Mark Zuckerberg created a solution mm, for all yeah. of us to connect all across the world via yeah. Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, is helping businesses, is helping charities, is helping even when there's a disaster anywhere in the world, we know in five seconds because it exactly. can be everywhere over the world. Yeah. So he's created value. He's solving a problem. Yeah. Okay. And that's what we need to look at. If you are not solving a problem or if you're not creating value, you need to think about it that, you know, how can I, how, it, Anyway, if anywhere I get to, I always look around and, and I ask myself, now that I'm here, what needs to be changed? What can I do? Mm. What can I what can I change? I don't want to go somewhere and just leave it the same or mm. leave me leave the same as well. Because in the process of creating value, in the process of creating impact, you also grow. Yeah. That's what yes. people don't know. You grow, you learn, yeah. Yeah. you expand. Definitely. And, and things like this take you places beyond your imagination. It takes you into circles you never dreamt of. It takes you to meet and connect with other great minds. So it's really yeah. important that we know that you can make impact from any level, any age, anywhere. And you're, you're living proof of that because that moves, uh, allows me to move nicely on to uh, what started life as black women in medicine, but is now black women in health as it, as it includes all healthcare professionals, um, which you founded to plug a gap that you noticed in terms of peer support when you were doing your GP training in the UK. Um, so were you, st- I just wondered, were you still a trainee at the time that you created black women in medicine or was it shortly after you finished? Um. When I was a trainee, mm-hmm. I was um, I was I was struggling. Mm-hmm. I had a few difficult experiences, and then I we I, we had I created a group. I named it Northwest. Basically, it was me and two other friends. Mm-hmm. We were actually three friends plus me. Four of us were in that group. 
one of us has moved to Canada, so she she's no longer in the group because we we discuss more. Of, so, for Local example, if I had a bad day, yeah, yeah. I, would, I would go there and rant and you know cry <laughs> oh. and talk to them and you know. Or if we had an interesting case, we'll share it, you know, and yeah. have like a case-based discussion. It was also like a balance group where we yeah. kind of spoke about how we felt when we dealt with patients or okay. when we dealt with colleagues. So it was a really good place. It was a safe space where we could talk about things, you know, the kind of um, negative or positive impacts we or experiences we were getting from practicing as black women. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed it. And I really cherish that group we still have that group till today oh fantastic so although we've changed the name to tenerife because we, we went to tenerife on a holiday okay <laughs> <laughs> somehow the name changed to tenerife but we have we, we, we really we've really grown mm, and yeah. so my, my the two people the two other ladies that were in the group when i started thinking of starting black women in medicine they were the first two people i spoke to mm-hmm. and i said I'm thinking, you know, what we are enjoying, we can't keep this to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Why don't we make it a bigger cycle? So let's yeah. bring more people in. Let's, there are more women definitely that need this type of support. Yes, and we absolutely. also, I, I was also looking for mentors. I, I was also looking for like, you know, um, more experienced senior colleagues that could also guide us through as well. So mm-hmm. I just felt, why not? And when I told them, they were so excited. And I think the name, the name of the group changed Tenerife because we were in Tenerife <laughs> in January 2019. And that was where I kind of, I, we were on holiday for one of us' birthday. It was, okay. it was Aya's birthday. We went for in Tenerife um, for a weekend. Well, I came with my plan and blueprints and all that. <laughs> and I, it's my birthday. <laughs> why are you bringing work to me? <laughs> <laughs> I feel that I'm not going to listen till we get back, but I was like, seriously, think about it. I sent them all, I made like PowerPoint presentations. Oh my goodness, I'm not surprised at like the way you're on holiday. (laughs) So I sent it to them. I was like, okay, just look at it when you're free. But really, they they really bought the idea. Yeah. And we decided to start something. So when we came back from that holiday, I created a group and called it Black Women in in Medicine. And I started to add a few people in my network that I knew that were Black Women in, in Health. And then, you know, Cynthia added people, Aie added people. So we all kept adding people. And the people we added kept brought new people because obviously yeah. they, they saw the Word benefits. of mouth, yeah. We could discuss cases. We could discuss our struggles and experiences. Even sometimes talk about mommy struggles or sometimes about being single or, you know, shopping tips or how to save money, things like that. So it was just general things. And we were really enjoying it. And then we started to plan our first meetup because that was in you know at the end of january when this all started so we started to plan our first meetup which was now for june and it was really good it was you know the words went out and for that meetup we were 30 women but i was so excited it was yeah. like yay that's amazing women. that's so <laughs> it good was amazing yeah so we came together we put up pre- we put up um, presentations and you know i had to introduce formally what black women in medicine meant and then yes. a few of the other ladies spoke, you know, about different aspects of how we could empower ourselves. Because my vision really, when I started Black Women in Medicine then was, I wanted a group where we could support each other. But mm-hmm. also at the same time, we could educate each other. We could connect yeah. with each other. We could empower each other with the education and knowledge we all have. And then we could yeah. also celebrate each other. Because for me, when you go for the, you know, the usual awards, you, ha- you hardly see Black 
you know, women celebrated like that. Mm. And I wanted a place where we could celebrate even our little wins or our big wins, just celebrate ourselves yeah. and, you know, give ourselves a pat on the back for what we are doing. And I think it was really, you know, amazing to have that space where we, we booked a hotel, we went to, you know, we had, we actually took a, a conference room, did everything. Fantastic. It was really nice. Yeah. And we had so much fun. And, you know, some of the um, senior colleagues who attended started to say, wow, this is amazing. This is kind wow. of something they've been looking for, but they didn't know how to start it. And they were saying, we will support you. We will give you all the backings you need. These are gynecologists wow. and pediatricians. You know, consultants have been in the service for, for many years compared to us. So it was really encouraging to hear that. And then that was at, it was at that meeting we changed the name from black women in medicine, medicine to black women in health. Because at that meeting, we had one pharmacist and I think one nurse. And they were like, we want Fab. to be part of this, you know. But when you say black women in medicine, it kind of excludes us. It's, it feels like it's just for doctors. Right. Mm. That was when we changed the name. Yeah. After that, we had a few more meetups. We had a meetup in, um, in summer, at the end of summer. It was just like a summer hangout. And we met up in a restaurant. We just, you know, had food, drinks, had fun, took pictures, and it was really nice. And after that, we started to collaborate. We started to write to everyone. We wrote to the BMA, GMC, Royal Colleges. We even wrote to the Nigerian Consulate, you know, and they all gave us, you know, support, positive, positive responses. And it really felt good that these organizations and, you know, like-minded um, stakeholders were interested to work with us. We also wrote to all different Black organizations we know to say, we're ready to, you know, collaborate and work with you because we believe that the aim is the same. Yeah. Yeah. Different, you know, mode of operation. And then we had a Christmas party in December, which was really amazing. And we enjoyed it as well. And then we had our first major leadership conference this year, just before coronavirus. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before lockdown. <laughs> but it was, it was like, it was we had about we had over we had almost 100 women wow so wow from the first one too. so it was a massive growth yeah. from where we started from three of us to 10 to 20 to 30 and then over 100 people came and from that event a lot of people that were not actually in the group started to join yeah and you know at the moment we have on our facebook group we have over 400 people 400 women doctors nurses pharmacists dentists we have an optician, we have, uh, you know, social workers, we have dietitians, we have, um, you know, health, I don't think we have a health visitors yet, but we have some healthcare assistants. So it's a, I, I believe it's a safe space where we can talk about our diverse experiences, yeah. where we can build each other up. We've had events where we just do, you know, like, you know, um, empowering events where we educate ourselves to. Well, that, yeah, that. that's when, because um, I was fortunate enough to, come across an article actually because I was going to say do you feel supported by the establishment but you obviously have made efforts to for that but um there was an article in the RCGP uh, frontline magazine that I'd read which in a, in a way is amazing that I've actually read it because often you get lots of publications don't you but I read yeah. it and I saw it and I thought I can't believe that this is what I need this is what I've been looking for yeah. um got in touch and we were able to say we because um you you were running the unleash series which was really incredibly helpful i don't know if you really appreciate how helpful it was because um obviously you opened that up not just to people within the organization but because it was quite a general kind of uh, empowerment of women mm -hmm. um to others and 
I was able to invite my sister and some other friends who all found it amazing. And for those seven oh weeks, God. it was just, especially because it, it coincided with lockdown. And I don't know if that was the intention, but yeah. it was something to look forward to, something that ate, yeah. you left empowered, encouraged by fellow black women who were just, you know, killing it, excelling in it. That in itself is an encouragement. Um, and yeah, it was brilliant content, a brilliant series to, to, be able it to was say. it was amazing it was so and like like julie's obviously just mentioned it was at first i was a bit like oh my god i'm not a doctor i know nothing about mm -hmm. medicine um but so will i be will, will i be able to understand what everyone's saying will, will they be talking in jargon but honestly <laughs> from from day one i was like oh my gosh where's this been all my life um you gave the platform you shared your platform with other queens which was incredible um that each each week was like a follow-up of the previous week so it was structured absolutely perfectly every single time we got off the call with you i would get on the um phone with my sister julie and be like oh my god what did you learn what's the best <laughs> about it for you and we would just be talking about like life lessons or motivational quotes or an element which slide really resonated, resonated with each other. It was honestly the most timely piece of um, content and media that I watched. I'd probably, I don't know, I don't know if you believe in fate and all of that thing, but yeah. I just genuinely thought this couldn't have happened at a better time for me. And I'm sure there was, you know, hundreds of other ladies that felt the same. So you absolutely smashed it. It was, the content oh. was so good, so good. Mm. So I'm looking forward to the, next, to the next series. <laughs> Thank you so much, that's, that's amazing. Um, the feedback has been awesome. You know, a lot of, that's why we are bringing it again, you know, because good. everyone has been like, oh my God. For me, when I was growing in my career, one of the things that helped me were topics like that and mm -hmm. learning it. And, you know, with, with interaction with women in the group, and even people that message me personally when they're going through problems and, you know, the fact that they can't really do many things. I just felt that, you know, really, BWIH, I didn't want it to be so focused on medical education because we get medical education from everywhere else. Mm. Yeah. I wanted us to focus on our professional development because when we are, sorry, our personal development, because when we are well-rounded personally, yeah. And we are more productive professionally. And that was Correct. that was the aim of the Unleashed series. And as you know, I'm a I'm a transformational speaker and mm -hmm. a life coach. So yeah. I do a lot of these things for other people. And I just felt, why not bring it to the group? So I had to pick structured topics and we kind of planned it to follow, kind of flow. That's why I went for seven weeks. And I think, like you said, it was really timely because at that time of lockdown, a lot of morale was low. A lot of yeah. people you know, feeling, you know, down and a lot of people needed that boost. And yeah. I knew we couldn't have a physical event. So it was just, you know, wise to just have a virtual event where we kind of boost each other or keep ourselves going throughout the period. And even, even though I organized it, I learned a lot as well. I really learned a lot myself and I'm looking forward to the next series, mm -hmm. which will be starting in, we're taking a break for August because it's holiday, the holidays. You know, it's holiday yeah. time. We're going to kick off again in September. Okay. Fantastic. Really powerful, oh, oh gosh, I can't wait. I, I think it's great because you are a great encourager and you always encourage other people to step up um, and you share your platform. You're so willing to share your platform because you could have taken each of those weeks, but you, you shared it with other women to give them the opportunity to, to share their knowledge too. Um, 
is it always been part of your nature to do that that's the first part and also with regards to the speaking and transformational um the coaching and the transformational speaking is that something you've trained had to train in as well uh, and when did you find the time to do that <laughs> <laughs> so first and foremost my personality is i am in fact you know some people have been telling me why do you always give this for free people are making money of it but my personality is the fact that especially when I have a cycle, I want everyone to try. Yes. I never, I never want to be the best in any group where I am. I never want to be the most knowledgeable because that means I've stopped growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm the type of person that if, you know, if I support all other black groups very well, if you, if you know me, you will see that I post a lot of things about all the other black groups, even the female groups, the male group, the combined groups, I, I support all the black groups because I believe that the aim is the same. So I want yeah. us all to win. I believe that when one of us wins, we all, we win. all win. Yeah. And especially black women in health. If you notice, you might have seen in the group before I wrote that I'm not looking for followers. We want leaders. Mm. Yeah. We want to birth new that. leaders. And we want leaders, existing leaders to become impactful. Yeah. We don't want to just tick the BAME box. We don't just want to be on no. that table and not doing anything when you're on the tables where decisions are made we want the black woman there to be able to speak up make an impact make decisions as well and the best way to do that is to empower ourselves and for me i believe in you know i believe in sharing there's love in sharing i'm happy to share the platform with anyone i'm happy to help anyone who needs because some people were a bit like oh i've never spoken but like i know I've, i've i've watched you for a bit being yeah. in the group and I think you can do it and look at how amazing they were oh they were incredible oh, yeah know, some of them were speaking like professional speakers on that day and you know yeah I feel that that's part of the learning process if we don't put ourselves if we don't practice with ourselves mm-hmm. how are we going to do when we go out we need to be comfortable with ourselves speaking yeah. mm-hmm. so that we learn and you know learn from any mistakes and when we go out there we can present better we can yeah. you know be eloquent and you know communicate effectively and so yes i'm always happy to share my you know my knowledge um i think knowledge is the most powerful tool in the world Mm. i think it's really powerful there are some things that you know should be shared and for me that's my way of helping people you know if if i know something that will benefit me and i believe that this thing is going to benefit other people why not share it Mm, yeah if i have a knowledge or if i have an information that i don't really need but i know will benefit someone else why not share it mm-hmm. why hoard it why 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 do, why want to be the only one who knows it or the only one who who can do it no the more we the more people the more empowered black women we have the better the more absolutely have as well so that's my take i want when we are soaring high everyone else should be up there with me as well yeah, yeah. because i'll be up there i believe i'm very yeah. positive about you know i, I don't I don't believe in average or mediocrity. So that's the, that's the whole thing. So I believe that, yes, we can go there. And I would, I would share something with you. I believe in the, there's a rule um, called the 33% rule. So this rule is very important. Spend 33% of your time with people below you. These are the people you can mentor, people mm-hmm. you can help. And you will feel good doing this when you help people making an impact so so for me that that 33 percent will include medical students junior colleagues you know aspiring medics spend 33 percent with people on your level these are mostly your friends and your cycle of influence so these are colleagues of the same level 
but more importantly, spend 33% with people 10 or 20 years ahead of you, either with age or experience. It doesn't necessarily mm. have to be age. It can be your mate or someone. It can be your age mate or your peer group who's, do, who's been in the business or in the, in the profession longer than you. Yeah. And they will make you feel uncomfortable. This is what you need to grow. Mm. Yes. They will I make you that. feel, oh, I, need to, like, I need to do that as well. Yeah. And so that's important. That's the 33, 33% rule. To 3% of people you can help, people you can share with, and people you can learn from. Yeah. I love that. I've oh, not actually heard that. that before. Thank you. That's brilliant. No, yeah. I'm going oh, to the question, <laughs> the question for my um, transformational speak. I've, I've been a speaker for as long as I've known, but I've never really kind of made it, you know, um, official. Yeah. And one of the reasons was always because I was always worried about, you know, being living in England and, you know, having a diverse um, audience. I always used to worry about my accent. I used to think, mm. you know, this is hard for me to say, well, I have to say it is the truth. I used to worry about my accent before. I don't, I don't, Why? Worry, I don't care because I used to think, oh my God, when I speak, are they going to think I'm qualified enough to talk about this topic? Or are they going to, are they going to think they can't understand what I'm saying? Are they going to think they can't relate with what I'm saying? But over the years, I've grown out of that fear. Yeah. Good. And, and I've been able to, to face, you know, speak. I can speak more confidently regardless. I grew up all my life in Nigeria, Africa. And, you know, by the time I was going to um, St. Kitts, I was already, you know, early to, I was at like 20 or so. So, or 21 so it was it was I was already an adult and I'm proud of my heritage I'm proud yeah, of my yeah, background good. So I can't, and I think the best thing about me my superpower is me yeah yeah <laughs> nobody else can be me so no. trying to be anyone else or trying to hide myself you know because I'm worried about what people will think about me or whether people will laugh at me or say oh one thing or the other is a waste of my existence if I don't mm, use yeah. it and one of the things I was, I was watching um, a program one day and I was, it was a motivational program and I was looking at this lady from Asia and she was speaking powerful words. Of course, she had her, you know, her, the accent from her background, but I was, I was so, you know, touched by what she was saying. And I told myself, if she can do it, why am I holding myself back? Exactly. I'm not British. I'm not going to, I'm not, I was not born in England. I'm British now, but I was not born in England. So I'm not expected and I, I didn't grow up here. So I, I'm not expected to speak like them. I was not yeah. born in America, so I can't speak American English. I will speak my truth and speak yeah. like me. Yeah. And people will hear me. Yeah. And that, and was we, the, that was the turning point for me. That's so brilliant. I, formerly, I've had, um, I've had a, a training on Okay. Coaching. I have a life yeah. coaching diploma. So yeah, that's where I got my life coaching. But also I'm a trainee for the legend. Um training other under the legend Les Brown. So Ah, okay. That's, that's my Les Brown. I'm I'm not familiar with Les, Les Brown. Brown. No. Oh, you you need to Do you know Steph? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, he's one sorry. of the top five motivational speakers in okay. the world in the world right. yeah a legend he's 75 years old and he's sharing his knowledge uh, before i before i signed up to train with him i used to listen to all his 
motivational messages. Right. Those things kept me, kept me going for, you know, yeah. they built my resilience. They gave me the guts yeah. to feel that I could do anything as well. So I'm, I'm honored. It was one of my dreams that I would train under this man or I'll meet wow. him and have one-on-one with him. And when the opportunity came, I took it. Oh, fantastic. fantastic. So that's my claim to fame. For my <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, I, I think you're amazing. And I, I'm glad that you have challenged the like, limiting um, assumption about having an accent and that holding you back. Because actually, whenever I see somebody who's speaking um, and if they may have an accent, it just it adds more weight to what they're saying if you can be so eloquent in this which is clearly your kind of second language i'd say clearly because you have an accent so that makes me assume yeah. that you you may um uh have other language or lang often languages then this person mm-hmm. is incredible because if you can be eloquent in some a language that's not the first language and yeah. and, and move me or, or or kind of impact me how much more could you in your mother tongue so i just think exactly. presenting that is incredible an incredible force of nature and somebody yeah. that i admire so perhaps yeah so I'm, I'm so grateful that you've kind of been able to you know overcome that um assumption because yeah, and since you're asking me so i have to people. say this to anyone who's listening you know if you're worried about the same problem like oh will people understand me am i eloquent enough am i you know don't stop worrying. It's not about you. That's one thing I had to realize. It's not about you. It was not about me. Mm. It's about the message. Yeah. Yeah. It's about the life that that message will impact. One thing you, you, you must have heard me saying many times is that I believe that everybody, every single human was created for a purpose. Yeah. We all have a void to fill. We all have a reason why we are here. And if you don't fulfill your reason, it might delay someone's progress because people's destinies yeah. are tied to us. So, you know, stop thinking about you. Stop thinking about your inadequacies. Stop thinking about your, you know, in a, everything you're afraid of is just an illusion. It only exists in your mind. Mm. Step Absolutely. out of your comfort zone and give the world what they're waiting for. What you have within you is gold and it will transform people's lives. But if you keep holding it, thinking, oh, I'm too fat, I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm not, I can't speak, I can't, I can't, I stammer, I stutter. All those things don't matter. Yeah. What matters is your message. What yeah. matters yeah. is the lives you're going to impact. So go out there and make a difference. If you're like me, stop being worried. Grow mm. out of it. Oh, I love Thank that. You. Well, that leads really nicely to the melanin magic question. So um, we ask all of our guests this question. Again, for us, from a selfish perspective, we love to learn. We've learned so much from every yeah. single guest's answers, but I'm so, I'm so excited to hear your answer <laughs> to this. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure, but I just know it's going to be gold. I know it's going to be gold. I know. Um, so the melanin magic question is, uh, what are your hopes and dreams for black British culture within the next five to 10 years? And do you have any insights on how we're going to get there? Okay. I love that question. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so my hopes and dreams for the black culture in England or in, in the UK over the next five to 10 years is that we, will, we need to grow. Mm. We need to grow. And I'm not talking of physical, physical growth. I'm talking of mental growth. I'm talking of mm-hmm. economical growth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's the most important thing for you to be a relevant, um, for you to be a relevant ethnic group in a community, you need to be economically strong. Yeah. 
And that's one thing we lack in the black community. We need to grow economically. We need to, we need to build ourselves up. We need to own and stop being just consumers. Mm -hmm. We need to start to think outside the box. Think yes. about, because if you look at it, you know, other, other ethnic groups are far ahead of us when it comes to many things in medicine, in business, in, in, in you know, in the city, in, in everything. So we need to start to, we need to start, you know, early. I think now it's about grooming and preparing the next generation. I'm talking about the kids, the teenagers of right now and building their minds from now, yeah. because they are the ones that will be up there in the next five years. We will be up there as well to guide. Well, obviously I'm just saying that in the next five to 10 years, we need to grow. Yeah. Economic growth is the most important things. It's the most yeah. important, important thing. Sorry. But to, to get economic growth, we need to grow physically, mentally, emotionally. So we need to change our mindset about a lot of things. We need to change our mindset about our perspective of life, about our approach to handling things. And I believe that if we can, if we can do a lot of all these things, it will make a massive difference. I really want to see more mm -hmm. black people in politics. Mm -hmm. I, I want to yeah. see more blacks in medical leadership. I'm talking of proper leadership, yeah. not, you know, leadership roles i want to see more black people in finance you know in top management positions in the financial institutions in the decision making bodies because you know if we are not at that table where decisions are made we can't really make it we can't we can't change anything you know because people who don't experience what you're going through people who don't understand your obstacles or the struggles you face can't make that decision for us we need to start writing our stories and stop waiting for people to write it for us or tell us what we can be or who we are. We need to take control. Mm -hmm. I'm a Christian and I know God is the creator, but I, I also know that God made us all co-creators and we need to take that creative side of us and start creating. Mm. We need to start going into tech. We need to go into science. We need to start mm. innovating. Because that's where we are. We are not doing those things in the black community. We are not researching. We are not doing, you know, we need to start stepping out of our comfort zone, breaking those generational boundaries yeah. and mm -hmm. stepping out to, to make a difference. And it starts with the mind. <laughs> I like talking about the mind because everything is from here. <laughs> yeah. Once we know in our mind that we are enough and we are capable of anything, we will be bold enough to step out and, you know, go for those things. So I think it starts from there. And I'm hoping to really see these changes because, you know, who knows, we might have a black MP one day. <laughs> so, yeah, that's from, it starts from... Like also. a black prime minister. Yeah, I mean, that's the, yeah. the hope. And Not MP, sorry, PM. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We already have black MPs. Yeah. I mean, they're doing a great job against a lot of adversity. I mean, some, some apparently recently have had to close constituent offices because of, uh, you know, racism and, and, and all that. So... It, obviously they're, they're they're there and trying but it, you know they're having to deal with extra things that other politicians arguably don't have yeah. to to deal with but it's, it's you make a valid point especially about the people in place in, in, in sort of senior positions because like I say if you if you see that when you walk into a new job or if you're inquiring on potentially moving from a, a, a decent role to another company you want to feel that you're there is representation or you want to feel that you will fit in here that you're not going to have to deal or be the person that's going to have to change mindsets as well as do the job um and i think 
for me anyway, I, I mean, I love business. I love, I'm really into kind of just the element of commerciality. And it's the thing that I always see that is either really missing from businesses that I, I do think they're actually really good businesses, but I feel that they might have a token person that is also and so is oh he's he's great you'll like this guy and it's like mm, shock. exactly yeah um, or it's on the website and when you actually don't look at the when you really look deeply in their social media for example there's not a black face the representation not, not there it's, yeah. it's not there it's just marketed on the um, initial kind of face of the company so until that's really embedded i completely agree with you that's when the next generation can actually feel and be themselves and wear their hair how they want to wear their hair not have to speak properly and tone up their accents and all of exactly. those things just embrace and be themselves so i totally i love that that's why I said we have to be economically strong. It's yeah. deeper. Mm -hmm. I can't go too deep into it on this podcast because mm. it's a very huge topic. We have to be economically strong mm -hmm. because when we're economically strong, it means we own things. It means yeah. our children don't have to start from scratch. Mm. Every generation of the Black is always starting from, from scratch. scratch. Yeah, not why can't we start? Why can't we hand over the button? Why can't we have mm -hmm. properties, businesses that our children can take over? That's why the other ethnic groups thrive. Yeah. Because they, they don't have to, they, their children don't have to start from scratch every time. Yeah. But the mm. black community, we need to really restructure our mindset. You know, mm. that mindset of, you know, you know, I've arrived means driving a big car or living in a big house or going on expensive or having bling blings. That needs to stop. Mm. Agreed. That's poverty mentality. Yeah. yeah. That is poverty mentality. Real wealth is in brick and mortar. Real yeah. wealth. Yeah is in stocks and shares real wealth is in owning if we don't own we will keep we're going to just keep working for other people and exactly consumers, yeah. and there'll be no wealth in the community so we yeah. need to step out think outside the box we need to start owning and we need to start reserving what we own so that the button can be passed yeah so that the children coming behind us don't have to start from scratch absolutely so that's it. Oh, yeah. oh I love that yeah. answer. Thank, Thank you, you so much. So, um, could you remind our listeners where to find any of your um, online platforms so they know where to or how to find you should they want to follow up? Yeah, um, you're welcome to to check out my page I'm on Facebook as um, Omon Ejeri Mohi. I'm on Instagram at Omon underscore Imohi, and you can follow the Black Women in Health page. Is at BWIH network and you can also follow um, my business that I own with my sisters it's called Esteem Royal Cosmetics okay Esteem Royal is um, at Esteem Royal on Instagram or you can check our website www.esteemroyal.com we've got lovely products there and yeah, that's it. I have to let a secret look out because I have a book coming out. Wow! <laughs> great for a book and great for the exclusive. Yeah. I have a book coming out, oh. and you can follow my my um, inspiration page at Awaken Greatness on Instagram. Oh, inspiration and any kind of motivational posts. When is but the book coming out? Um, very in less than six weeks. <gasps> oh, Amazing. Perfect. Uh, so the podcast will be around. Well, I think we'll launch it maybe around the time yeah. of that as well. So that's fantastic. Fantastic. Amazing. Very soon. Oh, I'm and so and proud please, when that's the book fantastic. comes out, get it because Guess, yeah. a lot of information. You will laugh, you'll cry, you'll, you know. <laughs> 
We're gonna have I'm to get you back. On a roller coaster in that book. <laughs> we definitely need to get you back. I'm sorry we've not had time to um, elaborate more on the Steam Royale and now the book. So we'll have no, look, even more excuse to bring you back. <laughs> I don't mind. I really enjoyed this. So yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, um, so, thank you. Uh, so that's it from us today. Thank you to Amon for joining us. It's been an absolute honour and pleasure. And to all of you for listening, join us again next time. <laughs>